Savior, we adore thee. We thy love and grace proclaim. Glorious is thy name. Let's stand together as we sing.
Happy New Year to each of you. We are delighted you chose to come and worship with us today, despite whatever that is that's falling outside. But isn't the rain wonderful? We need that, and God knows our needs. We are blessed today to have Steve Slessing on the organ. You've already heard from him, and you will be hearing from him throughout the service, but later on, he's going to play three numbers by himself. And the lady on the front seat over here, second pew, with a great big smile, Alma Slessing is his mom. <laughs> I will not take the time to read his short bio that's included here in our bulletin, but he is very, very skilled and he's been playing for a very long time. And we are fortunate to have him play for us today. On Tuesday this week, I ask that you be praying for our organist, Marilyn Urbany, who will be having shoulder surgery again. So she needs your prayers. Steve, can you stay multiple weeks? <laughs> we'll talk later. <laughs> we also have filling our pulpit today, Reverend Joel McElreath, one of our retired missionaries. And it's very fitting that he fill our pulpit today in the absence of our pastor, who is still enjoying some well-deserved time away. And he and his wife, Carolyn, served for 25 years in Italy as missionaries and 25 years in Israel and Jerusalem as missionaries. So we'll look forward to hearing the message that God has laid on Joel's heart a little later. If you are visiting us for the very first time, we are especially blessed that you are here. And we ask that you take one of those guest cards that's in the pew rack in front of you, if you would. Complete that and then drop it in one of the offering boxes as you leave today. We would just like to have a record of your visit and send you a letter saying so. Uh, in just a moment, as I said, we're going to hear from Steve again, but for now, I would ask that you join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are grateful to be here today. Lord, it is indeed a blessing to start a brand new year worshiping together. I pray a special blessing upon our pastor and Debbie who are enjoying some well-deserved rest. Bring him back safely, we pray this week. We pray for others, Lord, in our congregation who are struggling because of illness. Lord, just make your presence very real to them right now. Thank you for Steve being here. Thank you for Joel and Carolyn who will be sharing. And Lord, we look forward to a wonderful time of worship together. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's continue our singing, Victory in Jesus.
Since the end of November, we have been focusing on the Lottie Moon Christmas offering for international missions. <clears throat> We're going to see one last video today. They are still offering envelopes in the pew racks in front of you if you have not yet given, or if you've given and God has impressed upon you to give again. You'll see toward our goal of $22,222.22. To date, when this was printed, we've received $15,815.22. So obviously you may continue giving all throughout this month, and I hope that you will. But let's view the video now. I never dreamed to go to another city. I never dreamed to go to another country. I never dreamed to learn to talk another language, but God made possible. When I was 11 years old, my family was very poor. I used to work in the street selling, selling things. One day my dad took my money because he was alcoholic. He had three more families. So I made my own prayer. I said to God, you want to meet my father? I need you here. I need you here. I had a trouble in my teens because of my family and I ran away from home. And uh, we had a program with the IMB missionaries running the call, Tele Amigo. So I went to that place because I had trouble myself. I want to kill myself. And they really gave me all the support and prayer for me. I met a missionary called Barbara Rivers. She was putting some pictures and video of the five American missionaries where they were killed in Ecuador by the Indians in the jungle. When I saw the picture and the face of the missionaries, I started crying. And I said to Lord, I do nothing, I'm only going to church. And these people came far away from their own country and died because of love of our people. So and they said to the Lord, here I am, I want to be a missionary. Missionaries like Barbara Rivers, I was a model, a very real model. I learned how to go places where there's nothing and start something. So I realized not only in Ecuador I need to be safe, but everywhere. So I became prey for India. I was the first Latino to go. I went for 12 years. One thing God told me to preach the gospel, not to be locked in my house. If I want to be locked in my house, I stay in my country. I came back from India. The IMB missionary received me, Guy Mills and Linda, and a friend from Guatemala. He told me, the Lord take you back to Latin America to not be just one Julieta, sino hundreds of Julietas. Send Latinos to the nations. And after that, starting Impacto Mundial. We do mobilization, training, and sending missionaries to the nations. I believe we are global Christians. Jesus told us to go to the nations, to preach to everyone and everywhere and every time. My dream is to see every church be mobilized to become a missionary church. It's my dream. Again, I hope that you will prayerfully consider giving, if you haven't already, to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. We're now going to continue our worship as we listen to Steve play.
Good morning. I bring you welcome from the state of Michigan and from my home congregation, which is Lutheran, by the way. And um, this really takes me back because having Ruth over there at the piano reminded me of years ago when I first started and Barbara Barnes was sitting at the piano and I was playing the organ. Now, that is nothing that we do in the Lutheran church. It's just the organ. There's no piano. In a true Lutheran church, that is. <laughs> no, but it, it is wonderful to be here, and it's wonderful to play with Ruth and, with your, and work with your beautiful music director. The first woman music director I've worked with. <laughs> wonderful. Uh, now, my Lutheran church has to put up with me playing Baptist music every so often. So I thought maybe I should make you listen to some Lutheran music this morning. And we're going to hear something that was written about the time that J.S. Bach was alive. And this is going to use some of the sounds in the organ that are more orchestral and less organ-like. And it has a very, uh, it has a title that doesn't mean much. It just says Largo. And all that means is don't play too fast.
Okay, I mentioned the name Bach, and I thought, well, as long as we've mentioned it, we might as well play something by him. Unfortunately, this is not J.S. Bach, this is Fred Bach. And this is a, this is a hymn tune that you should all know. And uh, this is, in some parlances, it's called a pipe duster. Jesus. Men, you get to really shine on this chorus, so I ask that we stand as we sing together.
sake of time, we will have our scripture reading. Good morning. morning. Our scripture today is found in Luke 2, uh, 21 through 35. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. When the time of their purification came according to the law of Moses, had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and glory for your people. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed him, them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of men in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Before Reverend Joel comes, let's do just one verse, the first verse of How Great Thou Art. Would you stand as we sing that praise song?
Well, good morning to everyone, and Happy New Year. And the Lord has blessed us with rain. Isn't that great? In Israel, uh, right after the uh, Feast of Tabernacles, uh, the rabbis all begin praying uh, that it rains. And as many times, it rains on the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. So that's when the rains begin. So that's a blessing to have God's rain. Well, I'm grateful to Pastor Kirby for the opportunity to speak this morning. I feel very honored. And uh, I was associate pastor uh, of the Jerusalem Baptist Church in Jerusalem, Israel for 25 years. And uh, I was also known as a senior pastor by my age. So <laughs> today I want to encourage you, uh, since we're stressing missions here, I want to encourage you to generously support uh, the Lottie Moon offerings. We worked with the IMB people in both Italy and Israel all of our time. We used their facilities and uh, we um, had very good friends and uh, our best friends um, from Israel uh, ended up retiring in Texas. So I'm sure Bill would be glad to hear that. Um, so your offerings, I can tell you, have been a good investment uh, in God's work overseas, so keep it up. Uh, it's needed and uh, very special people. I think in Israel there's about 70 personnel with children, so they have quite a big group over there, so that's wonderful. This morning, in our time together, um, I'd like to speak on the true light dedicated in the temple, and you read... You heard what uh, Carolyn read for us. And uh, recently, we, Israel, um, they celebrated Hanukkah. And it's quite a festival in Israel. They light candles for eight nights. And uh, this is to celebrate the victory that they had over the Greek Syrian general who was very cruel in 164 BC. And I tell you, sometimes I think we Christians should celebrate with the Jews Hanukkah because if they hadn't defeated this bad general and he had 40,000 that he hurled against a ragtag bunch there in Israel, uh, there wouldn't have been any temple for Jesus to come to because he was going to wipe out Judaism. So it was in God's providence uh, that uh, they succeeded. So today, first of all, I want to speak about the activity of adherence, the activity of adherence, and we read the passage. Uh, in Galatians 4, 4, it tells us that Jesus was made under the law. He had to be made fully under the law because uh, in order to fulfill the law and all of its requirements, uh, he had to keep the law. And um, people used to ask me in Israel, well, do you keep the law? I said, yes. Well, how well do you keep the law? I said, I keep the law perfectly. How can you keep it perfectly? Nobody can keep the law. I said, yes, yes. I have a vicarious person who keeps it for me. Jesus kept the law for me fully, and I, my identity is in him. Therefore, I have kept the law. So we have here in, in keeping the law that Joseph and Mary were required by the law to fulfill it in a couple of things here. They were in Bethlehem. Jesus was circumcised there on the eighth day. Then they had to go up to the temple in Jerusalem, which is five or six miles away. And the mother had to uh, be purified 
after 40 days. Uh, this was a requirement of the law. And then there was the redemption of the firstborn from Exodus 13. The redeemer was re redeemed with himself with money. You see, the firstborn son, male, belongs to the Lord. So if you want him back from the Lord, you have to redeem him. You had to go pay money, okay? And interestingly enough, there's another creature that has to be redeemed. That's the donkey. If you didn't redeem the donkey, you, the owner had to break its neck. So it's special, the donkey was very special to God. Maybe it's because he carried the king into Jerusalem later on. Um, they had to purchase um, with two birds uh, as a sin and a burnt offering uh, Jesus back to themselves. The Jewish temple is the point of activity uh, as we look at this. Um, it says in Malachi 3.1, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. Uh, this is the day of presentation. Jesus is brought to the temple for the first time. And uh, of course he came later at 12 and then many times later when he uh, came to uh, debate the religious Pharisees. And, um, but it's interesting in our text here how um, Simon being led by the Spirit. In fact, three verses here all speak of the Holy Spirit guiding Simon to come in a providential way to meet Jesus' parents right at the moment that they came in. To, and that just didn't happen. It was by the Spirit. And then um, Galatians says that in order that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. So Jesus went through the rituals and released us because he kept them. So today, we, we, are, we worry about the nine of the Ten Commandments. They're all repeated except for the one on the Sabbath in the New Testament. But all the ceremonial laws, everything was complete in Jesus, and in him, we keep the law. Secondly, we have an attitude of anticipation. Um, Simon was one of the remnant of Israel waiting for the consolation of Israel. And that's a technical um, messianic term. The consolation of Israel actually means for the comfort of Israel. And that's what the Messiah really would do. He would comfort them. If we have in uh, Isaiah 40, there's a verse there that says, comfort ye, comfort ye my people. And then it says that your sins have been forgiven. There is no comfort to anyone if your sins are not forgiven. And that's a sad thing with so many people dying and going into eternity, into the blackness uh, where God is not um, because their sins are not forgiven. And it's so easy to have your sins forgiven. And you come to Jesus and offer to him your life and he comes into you. And there's a oneness, there's a partnership, there's a relationship. And this is what people need to do, but they don't do it. Uh, I guess it's just unbelief or they're holding on to their sin. It says here of Simon that he was righteous and devout. Righteous in the way of faith, devout in keeping the law. He was a true Israelite with a perfection of moral character. And he represented the aim of the revelation 
to produce a people with a pure heart of love, obedience, and anticipation in God's purposes to be fulfilled in the earth. And here you have the scene here of Simon holding and blessing Jesus, and you have it on the front of your bulletin, and this is symbolic. This is symbolic of the old embracing the new. This was done by a, an Italian-American artist, and he gave us the rights to the Bible Society to put this on thousands and thousands of Gospels of Luke in Russian and Arabic and Hebrew and other languages that we can distribute at this time of year. And, uh, so that was very special. The, um, there was a certain messianic anticipation at this time, and Simon had the revelation given to him, uh, very unique, that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ, the Lord's Messiah. And uh, I guess this was a result of his walking close to the Lord and being rewarded <coughs> in his old age that he could have this special privilege. And there are some people that get this, you know, from the Spirit of God. I remember Betsy Ten Boom. Uh, she had a dream, she had a vision that she and her sister would both be released before the end of the year, which was in, in December. And uh, sure enough, Betsy died. And Corey was released by a mistake, a clerical mistake in the system. So Simon was led by the Spirit to enter the temple exactly when Joseph and Mary came to present him to the Lord. Interesting, Simon is presenting the Lord to the Lord, basically, and he's holding the Lord, and he's blessing the Lord. Actually, the word here he, is eulogized in the Greek language. He was blessing, he was giving a eulogy uh, over this child before the Lord. Uh, as we go on, the third point here is the anthem of acceptance. The anthem of acceptance. And so you all see this beautiful description of, of Simon offering Jesus up. And um, Simon's psalm, or song, actually Luke presents to us uh, five songs of the nativity. And it's like, you know, music is born again into the human race because God has not spoken for 400 years. There's been a silence, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's the angels, and there's uh, Zachariah is the first one, I guess, who gets the revelation from the angel, and, and they're singing, and the, the songs that are produced, like Mary and, and uh, different ones, Zachariah, these are listed as songs. In fact, the Latin fathers uh, put these to music. And uh, this particular one in Latin is a nuke dimitris, which means now dismiss. And here we have a technical word for releasing a sentry from duty that he's been on all night and working and staying awake, hopefully. And now he gets the word, you're dismissed. And he can take his lantern and he can go home and his work is over. Now, Simon does not say, however, that he has seen the Messiah. He's seen the Lord's salvation. And that's what Jesus' name means. It means uh, Jehovah saves, or Jehovah is uh, savior. And uh, so it's interesting in Israel, they, the Orthodox Jews don't like that name. And so they chop off the last letter of the name in Hebrew, and they call it Yeshu. And that's literally an acronym, a curse word, um, that um, 
is very bad. And I always correct him. Oh, no, you don't have, don't have his name right. It's Yeshua. It means God saves. And um, that's, that's the way it is. In fact, the letter they chop off is the ion, and the ion is the eye. And I tell them, you take the, the eye away from seeing the truth about Jesus. And uh, so that's how that goes. Um, we find also that he would be a light of revelation and the glory of your people, Israel. Isn't that interesting? The light of your revelation to the peoples and the glory of your people, Israel. And that's what it is. You see, you have to understand the perspective from God's perspective. He's the creator. Uh, he's the redeemer. He's the one who will judge someday. And he chose the Jewish people to be the recipients of the only true revelation of himself for the whole earth. And they were to take this revelation, this light, this knowledge to the whole world. And they didn't do a real good job. And so in the New Testament, it's been given over to the Gentiles to carry it forth. But God's not through with them. It's coming around. He's bringing them back. There's 165,000 Jews in Russia that are trying to get out of there. And already 60,000 have left Ukraine. God is doing something, so don't despair. It looks terrible, and Putin is a bad guy. But God is working behind the scenes to regather his people into the land. And it says after he has regathered them, he will appear over them in his glory. And so try to see things from what God is doing. Um, Israel was entrusted with a very sacred revelation. And um, Jesus has come to be the person to represent the Father, to represent God, and more could be said about that. Um, we come then to the fourth point, is the announcement and of anguish. And um, Simon turns to Mary, and then he has a special message for her. This is often overlooked at Christmas. I mean, Mary is that blessed among women. Sometimes the Protestants sort of, you know, put her down. Well, others have, you know, over-elevated her. And so we, you know, but here there's a very special message to Mary. And he says, behold, this child is appointed. And as he describes it, it's the first shadow of Christ's cross that falls across the bright beginnings of Luke's be uh, gospel. And um, now the bud of God's gracious plan begins to unfold, and the soft breeze of the redemption song carries a tune in the minor key. I remember out in Kansas when I was a teenager helping my, my relatives on the farm, the wind would blow very hard, and it would blow through the keyhole of the door, and it always blew in a minor key. <laughs> and I often wondered, well, in the new creation, is the wind going to carry a major tune? I don't know. And we'll have to wait and see. But um, his person and his message would be a solvent or a magnet for people. I was in the store the other day checking out, and I turned around to the fellow, and I handed him a Max Lucado Christmas track. He said, what's that? I said, well, it's an invitation to uh, have the spirit of Christmas in you. And he said, I wouldn't have it. He just flat refused it. See, Jesus is the defining line, okay? And when you talk to people about, what's your, ask them what is your opinion of Jesus, okay? You'll immediately get a response. They're either for or not. It's, it's kind of like the continental divide. 
Uh, he is the person. So you want to get right to the heart of it. When I witness to rabbis and different ones, I always say, what's your opinion of Jesus? And you get a, a story pretty fast. And it says here, the fall, he's set for the fall and the rise of many in Israel. And um, that is true to this day. Uh, Israel began with about 30 Messianic Jews in 48, and today there's about 30,000. And uh, they're growing. And they've just gotten thousands. They've gotten 60,000 from Ukraine alone. So God is building up his people uh, for the end. And it says here he would be a sign to be opposed. And uh, the sign here, the word sign, is a miracle. He is a living miracle, even to this day. And um, the, uh, it's the same word that's used in other places. Uh, Isaiah spoke about the sign of the pregnant virgin. Pregnant virgin? When did that happen? It's only happened once, okay? But it's a miracle. It's a sign. And, and God did it. So uh, C.S. Lewis has once said, the result of this was that you now had one man who really was what all men were intended to be, one man in whom the created life derived from his mother allowed itself to be completely and perfectly turned into the begotten life. That's the uncreated life, okay? And the natural human creature in him was taken up fully into the divine son. Thus, in one instance, humanity had, so to speak, arrived, had passed into the life of Christ. So the eternal, infinite God links his divine nature with that of a human nature, one person with two natures. And then she says, Simon says to her, a sword will pierce even your own soul. Wow, what does this mean? Well, the Greek word here for sword is not just a little dagger that all the Roman soldiers carried. It's ramphia, which is a six-foot sword. That's big. That sword could only be carried by the strongest, biggest Roman soldiers, and they would go into battle and they'd whirl that sword around, lopping heads and anyone who got out of the way, in their way. That's a very, well, when did this sword happen? It happened at the foot of the cross when Mary watched this perfect child. Can you imagine having a child who never had to scold him or correct him? There were no lies. He was a perfect child, and he had to be. And I've often wondered, when I get to heaven, I hope Mary writes her memoirs of those earlier years of Jesus, because that would be a bestseller, I think. <laughs> but anyway, a sword will pierce your own soul. And I'm sure uh, they really wondered what that was going to be. I think you can say the more we're willing to love and sacrifice for the Messiah, the greater the potential for growth, both in us and the body of Messiah. When Carolyn and I went out, first time to Israel. Our girls were two and four. That was a sacrifice, especially for my parents. She had four sisters. <laughs> Family was okay. I was the only child. And so it was a really sacrifice to see us go. And then we came back briefly and went out again the first time for four years. These were the grandkids. Grandma didn't, Grandpa didn't get to see them. There was a sacrifice, there was a price to pay in order to further the kingdom of God. And we have to ask ourselves, are we doing something uh, to sacrifice for the Lord to further his kingdom? Whether it's your talents are used somewhere, your money is used somewhere, your intentions, 
uh, or used some way. I remember my parents knew a lady who had a daughter, and there was a missions conference, and they really were hoping that the young daughter would join and go forward in missions. The mother said, no, no, she's not going. She's staying with me. She's my only daughter, and if she goes, I'll never see her again. If there's grandkids, I'll never see her. No, no, no. Well, it happened after many years, this daughter fell into deep sin. And this woman said at the end, would to God that I had given her up because I would still have her today. Abraham had to sacrificially give up his son. And when God saw the intention of his heart, he gave him back. And so this is something for us all, all to think. So Simon, an obscure Jewish believer, walks briefly onto the stage of the biblical narrative and receives the honor of dedicating, the honor of dedicating the Savior uh, uh, in the temple of Jerusalem while he is still an infant. And um, at the foot of the cross, as I mentioned, Mary learned the lesson. Highly favored, yes, but uh, deeply wounded, that's for sure. So, uh, as we conclude, there's a couple of slides that are, uh, I want to be put up here at the end, and I think it's worth all of us to note what they are. Um, no love is worth the name that bears not the stamp of sacrifice. That love is not only born, but brought to fruition through pain. That God's greatest gifts are not for ourselves, but for others' sakes. That love to perpetuate itself must forget itself. To keep must lose. To hold must gladly yield up to others in a spirit of love. And then Roy Neeson says, the richest people are those who live their lives carrying the treasures of God's promises in their hearts. That's how we go forward. We go with God's promises and we believe them and we wait for them. There is a waiting. There has always been a waiting for the people of God for what God has promised. That's the test for your faith. So as we enter the new year, remembering the dedication of Jesus, it may be an appropriate time to rededicate ourselves to walk closer to the Savior and like Simon, to be led of the Spirit to be a blessing to others. There will be a cost, I can assure you, in time and resources. Uh, for myself, I don't always do it, but I suggest that the first thing every day is to get our hearts happy in the Lord by reading his word and praying. The first thing, okay? Not the news, not the internet. I go to the word and I get into the presence of the Lord to get happy with him. And so, can this be one of your resolutions? I hope so. So, in conclusion, I'm going to be down front. If any of you have uh, any special commitment, decision, resolution you'd like to publicly t uh, express, I'll be down here in the front. God bless you. Thank you for the privilege to speak. Would you stand as we sing together our hymn of response? I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have
Thank you, Steve, for your ministry and music. We have been blessed today. In your bulletin, there are a number of things I want to call your attention to. The first is to acknowledge these beautiful flowers on the altar table. They are given, provided today by Deborah Rausch in honor of her brother. Thank you, Deborah, so much. Out in the small lobby when you leave today, there will be a person at the table selling the books for the women's Bible study, which is part of the insert. It is not required that you purchase a book, but if you would like to, those will be available. And you'll see on the inserts that both the women's Bible study and men's Bible studies start on January the 19th. The beautiful Christmas decorations come down this Thursday. If you are good at undecorating and would like to come at 8.30, Debbie Crump and Susie Van, our co-team leads for decoration team, would be happy to see you. But 8.30, even if you can stay for just a short time, they would appreciate your help. Men, let me remind you about the, <clears throat> the breakfast on Tuesday at 8. As you recall, the sign-ups were ending last Sunday because the office is closed tomorrow, and we had to give the men who are purchasing the food account on Thursday before noon of last week. But don't forget to come if you signed up to be part of that breakfast. You will also see, I want to draw your attention to the security training that's going to be led by the Maricopa County Sheriff's Department. It is open to anyone who is interested. That will be on January the 12th, that's a Thursday, from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. There's not a sign-up sheet, but we do need you to call the office to register your intent to attend. Thank you so much for being here today. I hope you have a wonderful new year, the start of it being today. Be careful of the puddles when you leave. We don't need anybody falling. But I invite you to stand as Dr. Scott Williamson comes to lead us in our closing prayer. First Sunday of the new year. If somebody says, what did you do at the beginning of the year? You can say, I went to worship the Lord. Amen. Let's bow together in our closing prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we went to bed last night, some early, some late. In an old year, we have awakened to a new year. It seems like it might be just the same, but it's not. We look at a new year and we say, Lord, what will you bring to me this year? And we do not know what you will bring. We do not know what life will bring. And yet we know, Father, that if we place our hand in yours, whatever may come our way in 2023, we will be able to handle it because you are our Heavenly Father. 
and you strengthen us and you encourage us, you walk beside us. And dear Savior, Jesus Christ, as we walk through this year, may we shine the light of Christ into our world. Lord, many of us are concerned about divisions that we see in our country and anger and violence. Help us who call ourselves Christians to be different than the rest of the world. Where there is anger and bitterness, may we bring peace and comfort and help. Father, where there is hatred, may we love in the name of Christ. And for those who may not appreciate what Christ stands for and what the church stands for, may we be willing to pray for our enemies, to lift them up to you, and to love them in the name of Jesus. When the world looks at the church in 2023, may it look at people who are so much different, have so much love, care, forgiveness, help that they will say there is something different about them and we can say it is not us it is Jesus Christ remind us that we are more than victors we're more than defeated we are conquerors through Jesus Christ who gave his life for us and I pray it in our Lord's name Amen. Amen. Amen.